goodness. Lord, we thank you that for the fact that we are able to see just a little bit of that and then report that to others to know that so they can know that you do hear and answer prayers. Lord, we just thank you that you are always watching, you are always working. And Lord, we thank you for the privilege of being able to see the mighty hand of God moving on our behalf. We thank you that we can use this to encourage ourselves even when we can't see that hand. We know that you are still there and you are still in control. Lord, we're thankful that you answer prayer in your way and not our way. We're thankful that you work in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Dismissed at this time for their class and the rest of us. Let's turn to the book of Galatians. The book of Galatians in chapter 5, we're going to start a new series on Sunday nights. This will be the first one. Uh, We're going to just look at the fruit of the Spirit. And one of the things that uh, we want to do as we study the fruit of the Spirit Uh, Tonight is going to be just an overview, uh, kind of just reviewing some of the things. And many of these things we'll know, of course, if it's new, it's not Bible. And if it's Bible, it's not new. Uh, We're not looking for something new. We're looking for something that uh, we can get to learn, to live, and how to deal with the circumstances in which we find ourselves in life. And as we look at the overall context of this passage, uh, we uh, certainly could go the whole way back to chapter 1 of the book of Galatians. And in here, Paul is dealing with problems with doctrine in the church. In fact, if you look at uh, verse 6, it doesn't take Paul very long to get started on the theme of the book. I marvel that ye are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel. And of course, if you continue reading, there is no other gospel. There is only one good news, and that is that Jesus Christ died for your sins, that the price uh, to enter heaven's gate has been paid For you, and there's nothing that you can do to earn or deserve that. And as Paul is summing things up here in in chapter 5 of the book of Galatians, uh, we'll just touch on a few verses. Let's look at uh, 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 verse 9 a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. Now, unless you're a baker, if you go into the stores, You can still buy leaven or leavening agents. It's basically just yeast. It's something that makes the bread rise. It only takes a tablespoon or so of yeast, not even a couple of teaspoons to make uh, two loaves of bread out of the flour. And that yeast goes in there and it does its work. And what Paul is saying is it doesn't take much sin to ruin a whole church. It doesn't take much false doctrine to destroy a lot of good. There's a lot of people that are just going to miss heaven by just a little bit. 
they believe in Jesus Christ and the church. You'll miss heaven if that's where your faith is. If you believe in Jesus Christ to save you and the waters of a baptistry, you will miss heaven. If you believe in Jesus that he will save you as long as you continue to live the life the Bible says, you will miss heaven because it's faith in Jesus and Jesus alone. A Bible college professor gave us this example and I still uh, use it today. How many of you know what rat poison is? Uh, in the old days, well, when I was in Bible college, he said, do you know how much arsenic they put in rat poison? It's 97, at those days, it was 97% pure cornmeal. Only 3% arsenic. And it kills the rats. They've got new stuff here, if you uh, look at it at all, on the active ingredient list. It'll have... active ingredients. And the rest of it's just stuff to attract the mice to eat it. Uh, It doesn't take, the illustration is simply this, it doesn't take much leaven, much sin, much poison to ruin God's truth. That's why we make such a big deal about Bible versions. If you have the right to change the words then you have the right to change doctrine. And the Bible says no man has that right. And so verse 9 says, A little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. Verse 12 says, I would that they were even cut off which trouble you. He said, Paul is saying, If it were possible, I wish we could just get rid of those troublemakers. I wish God would just remove them. Period. And we come down here and Verse 14, for all the law is fulfilled in one word, even this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. But if ye bite and devour one another, take heed that ye be not consumed one of another. I mean, there were problems in this church, and he goes on, and verse 16 really locks in the the context for this uh, subject called the fruit of the Spirit. This I say then, walk in. In the spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. How many times have we, talking about myself, talking about us as as Christians, we allow that human desire to just get us one little step out of the way. And then everything just starts going wrong. It says, walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. And when we think of the lust of the flesh, we usually just think of uh, sensual things. But let me tell you, your flesh can lust after all kinds of things. It's not just uh, filth. It's sometimes it's power, prestige, money. Any of these things, you allow your flesh to get out of the way. Sometimes I'll catch myself. I say, boy, I wish I could. And then I realize, hey, I am just giving vent to human anger and emotion. It has absolutely nothing to do with the scripture. If you're walking in the spirit, 
You have no right to go there. The best illustration I can give you of walking in the Spirit, we have astronauts that do walking in space. How many knows what would happen to the human body if you exposed the human body to space? If you opened the hatch of the spaceship without a spacesuit on, the temperature in space is about 245 degrees below zero. So it would take you somewhere around two or three milliseconds to die and about five or ten seconds to freeze completely through like a sheet of ice. But then you have to remember that we live under 15 pounds of pressure here on Earth. There's no pressure in space. It's a vacuum. So you would immediately explode and become a cloud of ice dust. Uh, Needless to say, space is somewhat of a hostile environment to human beings. Amen? Uh, is not the world a hostile environment to the Christian? You need to keep your spirit suit on. I mean, walk in, inside. If the Holy Spirit goes before you every place you go, guess what you're going to do? You're not going to be fulfilling the lust of the flesh. You're going to be obeying the Spirit of God. And that's what this passage is talking about here. And it goes on to list all the works of the flesh. And I mean, they are uh, varied and many. And every one of them are evil. It's interesting how that uh, we, we go through all of these things. And the list is here. And uh, let's just... Read it. Verse 18. But if ye be led of the Spirit, ye are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murderers, drunkenness, revelings, and such like. Of the which I tell you before, as I have also told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. Now, the, com the contrast between those two lists are about as far apart as any human being has the ability to comprehend. And yet the one list is called the works of the flesh. The other list is called the fruit of the Spirit. Now, as we think about this and contemplate the fruit of the Spirit, we have to understand that this is not the same as the works of the flesh. When the flesh works, this is what it's going to produce. When you are in the flesh, you're going to sin. The flesh works. Now, works are something you do. And this is an amazing uh, how the world has turned this into a lie. They believe that they're working their way to heaven. In fact, some of you in this room used to try to work your way to heaven by the things that you were doing. 
Works is something that you put effort in. And in case you're wondering how much effort people put into sin, just stop and think about cigarettes being $10 a pack. It takes an awful lot of effort to go and buy one of those things and smoke them. But people do now, don't they? People put a lot of effort into sin. In fact, sin demands effort. You have to work hard at it. But fruit's not like that. Has anyone here had the privilege of having a fruit tree in their yard or own a fruit tree? When I was a child, we had three peach trees in our yard. I love fresh peaches. Uh, I think only two or three times in our married life, my wife has been able to go to the fruit stand and buy peaches that are like the ones that we used to grow. And out of those three trees, my mom used to get about 120 quarts of peaches a year. Uh, And I still think of the middle of December, snow on the ground, sneaking downstairs and pop, and a quart of peaches would disappear rather quickly. Um, Nothing like it. But fruit is a wonderful thing. But let's, let's look at this idea of fruit versus works. Now, I looked it up in the dictionary just to make sure that I'm right. But, and, and I'm not going to read you the whole definition uh, of the dictionary definition. But it's just basically an edible pod of a tree with the seed inside the pod. That's the idea of fruit. When Jesus, I mean, when, yeah, when, well, Jesus was the creator. We go back to Genesis Chapter 1, and the Bible gives us the best definition of fruit. Verse 12, it says, And the earth brought forth grass, and herb yielding seed after his kind, and tree yielding fruit, whose seed was in itself after his kind, and God saw that it was good. So this idea of fruit is something that the seed is in it. It is produced. It is edible. It is the natural product of a tree, of of that tree. An apple tree will make apples. A peach tree will make peaches. And yes, if you have uh, proper equipment and know-how, you can graft different types of trees in there. And uh, But that isn't the normal way things are. And when you... If you have a red apple tree with a green apple branch and you have red apples and green apples on the same tree and you cut open the red apples and put the seeds in the ground, what are you going to get? A red apple tree. You put the green apple seeds in the ground, you're going to get a green apple tree. The seed produces its own kind. And the most wonderful thing about fruit is it is good for what? Food. It fills you up. It nourishes you. Fruit is the natural product. You must labor to make sure the fruit tree here is is producing and that it has the proper nutrients and water and sun and all of those things. But the simple part about fruit is it is a natural product. You can't make a tree produce good apples if it's a bad tree. My dad had an apple tree. It never grew one edible apple. 
it was a bad tree. And so we got another branch off a good tree and tried to graft it in there, and it produced one sickly little weak apple. It never did what was right. The fruit is the product of the plant from which it comes. So now, fruit, nothing new, nothing exciting, but this fruit is of the Spirit. Now, the word of means belonging to or produced by. Spirit is talking about the Holy Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit, if we want to look at it in the picture that is printed here in the Word of God, the Holy Spirit is the plant that produces the fruit. The fruit is nourishment and the fruit will reproduce itself of its own accord once the seed is planted. The word fruit itself is one of those strange words in the English language. It is both plural and and, and singular at the same time. And in this passage, we have the fruit of the Spirit being plural. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Nine separate things are talked about, but the fruit is singular in the fact that it is one spirit that is producing the fruit. Now, the works of the flesh are things that you will do if you're not under the influence of the Holy Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is something that the Holy Spirit will produce in your life If the Holy Spirit is in control. How many of you could use a little more love in your life? I don't know anybody that could not. How about a little more joy? How about more peace? Now this next one is long-suffering. How many of you want more long-suffering? And you know what long-suffering is? It is suffering pain caused by others. That's what long-suffering is. God is long-suffering. He puts up with us. Now, how many of you enjoy it when someone puts up with you? Is patient. We love when people are patient with us. We just hate to be patient with other people. Uh, As we go through these things, we'll find that they build one on another. Actually, uh, if you don't have love, joy, and peace, you will never, ever have long-suffering. You see, it's one fruit produced by one spirit in one life. But you have to have all of these different things. And if the Spirit is producing the fruit, He's going to produce all of these things. So you read down through this list and you say, Man, I have love, joy, and peace, but this long-suffering and gentleness... I mean, gentleness is just something that um, is so un-New York, is it not? I mean, we can't even parallel park ungently. Uh, I still think, and I I will not tell you who this is, 
because he may speak at the church sometime, but uh, a preacher friend of mine, I watched him parallel park. Bam, 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 bam. And he got that car in the spot, but he moved both ones on each end about an inch in the other direction. It's still, I mean, I can see that in my mind, and I'm just, I'm just laughing. And, and of course, when he got out of the car, it was <laughs> because I uh, didn't want to insult him in any way. But I think a gentleness, that, that's not gentle. How many of us, We love it when people are gentle with us and our emotions. But do we really enjoy being gentle with others and their emotions? That's a fruit. That is the natural product of the Holy Spirit in your life. These are things we do not work at producing. You... If you're going to maintain a love relationship with another human being, you must work at it, yes. But I'll tell you, if the Holy Spirit of God is doing the work, He puts something in there that just makes it happen. Amen? Joy is something you can't fake. I'm going to be joyful today. Try it. It doesn't last very long. But when the Holy Spirit produces joy in your soul, you can smile through the tears. You can have peace in spite of the sorrow and adversity of this life. And that's what he's talking about. Peace is not just the absence of war. Peace is being at rest in your soul in the middle of the storm. How many, how many of you have ever really been frightened or nervous about a storm or, or somebody else is driving maybe? I don't know. Uh, all of these different things that just get us just all agitated. Wouldn't it be wonderful to have peace? It doesn't come from you. It's not something you can work at. It's not something that you sit there and, and try to generate, just like long-suffering and gentleness. No one can make you gentle. It's got to be something that comes from God, just like fruit is produced. And one of the things I always tell young couples is they're preparing for marriage. Don't get your fruit at the fruit stand. What do you mean by that? Well, what I mean is love and a proper loving relationship is something that must be nurtured and grown. Take the time to grow it instead of running down to the corner and just buy some fruit. That's what the world does. Follow God's plan. Fruit takes time to mature. Uh, As long as I have a memory, I'll remember my dad getting us out there. And we were all excited when he brought the peach trees. And 
in, and I, I think I was probably only about eight or nine years old, maybe Philip's age here, and, and uh, we were looking at them spindly little trees, only about that big around and five or six foot tall. Dad, where are the peaches? He says, well, we got to plant it. And pretty soon these green little fuzzy balls all over the tree. And he said, come on, boys, I got a job for you and got all three of us out there. He said, I want you to pick all the peaches off the tree. But dad, if we pick them now, they'll never get ripe. He said, if we don't pick them now, the tree will never grow. It will lose all of its strength on producing fruit. The tree has got to grow so it can produce the fruit. This relationship with the Holy Spirit of God must be grown and must build and must be what it ought to be in order for the Holy Spirit to produce fruit in our life. And fruit produces fruit. You take a tree and you plant it. Maybe sometime we'll tell the story of Johnny Appleseed, the real story. Most of you have heard of him as a fact of legend and things like that from early America. Johnny Appleseed, uh, as he's been known in, in history, was actually a Bible preacher. And uh, yeah, he was a little crazy, as many people were, but... The most part of his life was spent traveling from village to village, frontier house to frontier house, and he left something that was more precious than gold. He had seeds. You plant one apple tree and grow it, guess what? There are groves of apple trees 220-some years later where Johnny Appleseed only had enough seeds to plant one or two trees. Fruit produces itself. You want someone to be gentle toward you? Why don't you start out by being gentle in their direction first? Uh, how can you do that? Well, the Holy Spirit does it, not you. This is an overview of what the fruit of the Spirit is. The Holy Spirit is going to produce these things if the Holy Spirit is in control of your life. See, most of us would like to go down to that goodness and faith. Uh, let's skip over meekness. Uh, temperance is a great thing to have. Uh, it doesn't work that way. You've got to let... The Holy Spirit produced these things naturally in your life. And he's got to do it all the way. Does anybody remember when Art Wilson was here? That was the year 2000. And he preached a whole sermon on green apples. And uh, he was talking about unripe apples. You remember that message. That was really uh, an enjoyable time. And... Uh, Unripe fruit will make you ill. What you need to do is you need to allow the Holy Spirit to produce His fruit in your life. And I know this has been somewhat elementary, but we skip over these things. 
as we look at the individual things that the Holy Spirit will produce, love does not come from you. It comes from the presence of God. For God is love. Joy and peace. And we'll go through each one of these in turn over the next few weeks. And let's just read verses uh, 24 through 26 and we'll be finishing up our time tonight. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the, affection, with the affections and lust. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not be desirous of vainglory, provoking one another, envying one another. This is Paul's message to the Galatian church. Just these few verses deal with the fruit of the Spirit. And it's something that... Each one of us desperately need in our lives and our church should exhibit the fruit of the Holy Spirit of God, should it not? If it is in our lives individually, it should be in our church corporately. How are we going to do this? Well, let's pray that God will uh, enable us to do this more and more as we see the day approaching. Amen? Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you tonight and we ask that as we investigate your word, as we look at this um, called the fruit of the Spirit, the Lord, we would understand that it is fruit, that it is nurtured, that it is grown, that it takes time, that it doesn't just pop on the end of the tree in a day or two. That there must be a strong root which bears the tree, which produces the fruit. We're thankful that the Holy Spirit is that plant that produces these things and that there be no deformity or blight in the Spirit of God that we know. But Lord, there's not a one of us in this room that is not in desperate need of a greater manifestation of these fruits, a greater production of these fruits in our lives. We ask that you would work in Jesus' name. And before we finish that prayer, we'll just keep our heads bowed for a moment. And if you'd like to add anything to that prayer on your own, the altar is open. Let's seek to the Lord and prepare our hearts for the time of prayer to follow.